0: We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Jerry, Fox,
1: and Dan. It's a spooky time of year. It's our sp- special series that we planned out perfectly, guys. Yes.
0: We've, we've done it for once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a Halloween series. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, and I think Dan was first on the list to pick our spooky, spectacular
2: movie oh and it is quite the spooky spectacular isn't it
0: what is it dan tell us it's the exorcist oh man the classic the movie that did for the horror genre what 2001 a space odyssey did for sci-fi
1: oh yeah huh, i never thought of it that way but i don't think you're wrong I read that online. That's not my words.
3: Oh! (laughs) Man, you should have kept that one. I would have given you credit.
1: It's still, it's a good thought. I hadn't really considered that.
0: I think maybe I saw it on Wikipedia. I was reading, like, their production stuff, and it was a quote somebody else said, but it made it into Wikipedia. But that's pretty much what this movie did. This was a huge movie in the, the horror genre. It kind of kicked it off. and
1: um, Yeah, it got like nominated for Oscars and stuff even. like That's pretty crazy.
2: That's one of the only horror films to get Oscar noms. And it won two Oscars.
1: Oh, it actually won?
2: Yeah, it won Best Sound and Best Writing Screenplay based on
0: material from another medium.
1: well Well, that's still pretty cool yeah because
0: this is actually based on a book it also got nommed
2: for best picture which is unheard of for a horror film nowadays anyways though hereditary should have been
0: should have and um i was reading that this is when you adjust it for inflation uh, this was like the highest grossing Was it, is it Warner Brothers movie ever? Yeah, I saw that. One of the
2: highest grossing R-rated films ever.
0: It was the, well, it still is if you adjust for inflation, but um, the movie It actually took over making more money as a horror film than this. But when you adjust it for inflation, it's kind of like a Titanic deal. I mean, Titanic and Gone with the Wind for inflation. Those movies made like tons of money. Everybody went and saw this. They had, like, buses, exorcist
2: buses that would bus people to the theater when it was banned in their (laughs) town or city or state or something.
0: Dang. Yeah, this movie came out in 1973, so keep that in mind. Uh, This was the time period it came out in. And when it first came out, it was only released in, like, 24 Theaters, or something like that. The ones that would let it in there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because of the material it deals with. I was reading they had like massive lines outside of the movie theaters, like in the middle of winter. Because this came out on December
1: 26th, (laughs) the day after Christmas. (laughs) Day after Christmas. (laughs) Was
0: that for ironic?
1: What a great holiday movie. Wow. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you talk to people who watched this movie back then, all they will say is like, Dude, that movie terrified me. My dad, he he, he told me a long time ago, he's like, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. And I was like, okay, it's not as scary as I thought it was going to be, but horror movies have changed a lot since then.
1: People never seen something like that before, I don't think. Yeah, just so different and so crazy.
0: Dan, how about you tell us a little bit about The Exorcist? When a 12-year-old
2: girl is possessed by a mysterious entity... Her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her.
0: I know the entity's name. Do you know the entity's name? I do. Pazuzu.
1: (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I like that name. How dare you?
0: He's the antagonist of the Exorcist series. Come on.
1: Why name him? Just leave it be. Ambiguous.
0: He's like the demon of, what,
3: wind and rain or something, too? (laughs) Famine, I thought. Uh, I think it's famine and like, the West Wind or something. <laughs> oh, okay, I knew it was wind.
1: They never use his name in this one, do they? They never actually say it. No, they don't.
0: They
2: just have the statue, which you can look up what it is. Apparently that's, like, a real
0: statue thing, or it's modeled after one. Yeah, and there's apparently, like, shots where you can see him in this movie, which people are like, it's subliminal messaging, but, uh, Then I want to say the cinematographer or the special effects guy went on interview and like clapped that back. He was like, you know, if it was subliminal, you wouldn't have seen it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It
2: depends which version you watched because it is in the
0: director's cut. Yeah, let's let's talk. What what version did everybody watch? Because I wasn't aware there was multiple versions of this until Fox asked which version we were watching it's all good i can i can inform you to the
2: differences between them
1: i watched the theatrical cut
2: i watched the director's cut because that's the one i have
0: (laughs) i also did
2: directors because it's the one i have
0: (laughs) so i I watched directors as well because i looked on uh I i had to rent it i don't actually own this one i was like okay director's cuts only 10 minutes longer so i was like well all right i'm gonna watch it because when i was looking i was like if this is gonna be like 30 minutes longer i don't know if i want to do that because it's already a pretty long movie the big scene that it adds correct me if i'm wrong is the spider walk scene (sighs)
2: so I'll, i'll i can give you the lowdown on the versions so the original version william friedkin the director took it to like his producer or somebody and they watched it, and they're like, hey, this is really good, but I think some of this is redundant, so you can take it out. And it was, um he did that and got in a big argument with the guy who wrote the book, William Peter Blatty. And they were friends at the time, so they got in a big fight over it because Blatty's like, you need to keep this stuff in here. It's the heart and soul of the film. And he didn't do it. And so they didn't talk for a while, but then... They finally made up, and then in 2003, I think it was, they released the director's cut where they put in all the stuff that Blatty wanted in there from the beginning. And those scenes, it's mainly two scenes, and then a bunch of the like subliminal, like shots of the demon. But the two main scenes is, like you said, Mike, the. spider walk where um Regan spider walks down the stairs and blood's coming out of her mouth and she's like screaming and then the other scene they add is when the two priests have done part of the exorcism and they've gone out to like <laughs> recuperate um and they're just sitting in the stairwell father Carris is like asking why is the demon in Reagan? why her Father Marin is basically like, it doesn't really matter who the demon's in. The demon's just showing us that like humanity is depraved and awful and that nobody can love us and you shouldn't love each other either. Those are the two big scenes that they cut out and put back in
0: for the director's cut. Gotcha. So uh, originally I watched the theatrical cut. I think, on um, it was on Netflix, I want to say, like back back in the day when we had the PlayStation, you had to put the Netflix DVD in or the Netflix CD, not DVD, in oh, uh, wow. I
2: remember that crap yeah, you had to put <laughs> it in your
0: PlayStation if you wanted to watch Netflix on your PlayStation. That was when I watched this, and watching it yesterday. When the face was popping up, like, in um, different areas, like, really quick, uh, Pazuzu's face would pop up. I was like, I don't remember that at all. And I couldn't remember exactly if I had seen the spider walk scene before. But the main thing that stood out to me was the face popping up. And I, I even re uh, did the rewind a couple times and, like, tried to pause it on it. But it's quick. It shows up, like half a second and then it's gone
3: yeah it's in there for like a frame i think in the director's cut they extend the link a little bit because i saw that you couldn't see it on vhs very well
1: so they pop up does it like is it like just a full screen flash or is it just like he pops up in the corner or something
2: sometimes it's a full screen but it usually it'll pop up with the black screen and then you'll see the face real well and then it goes back but it's real fast
0: kind of like how horror movies do it today. Yeah, when somebody's looking for something. <laughs> and you can like see something in the background real quick and it's gone or in the mirror and it's gone. Like that's exactly what it is doing here, but it's Pazuzu. It's the guy, I don't I don't even know. It's a, some dude in makeup.
1: So do you guys think it lives up to the hype?
2: Which hype? The the hype for it being this, the scariest movie or the hype for it being just a really good movie in general? both i think it lives up to the hype of being a good movie but being the scariest movie of all time not anymore i mean hereditary is much more frightening than this film is but like we pointed out at the time this came out this was pioneering new ground and techniques for horror filming so at the time, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's kind of a mixed bag for me because, like I said earlier, um, some people compare this to, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey for sci-fi. And I think 2001 lives up a lot more to the hype than this movie does. This is a good movie, yes. This is a very good horror movie, too. It's kind of along the same lines of, like, Rosemary's Baby, The Omen. The, like, it's a horror classic for a reason but it's not scary watching it now. It it can be kind of freaky, and I'm and I'm glad for what it did for the horror genre because it set the bar super high. And then most horror movies don't even get close. But there are some that actually pass this by a lot and this movie set them up to do that, so I very much appreciate that. If you hadn't seen
2: a horror movie before before watching this and it's probably still going to terrify you (laughs) but but if you have seen a bunch then i mean you you can make it through this one easy probably
3: i do think as far as exorcism films go within that context it seems like you know this sparked a whole genre subgenre of horror of exorcism films and it seems like that's really devolved into just jump scares and little girls crawling across ceilings And I feel like this one really attempts to go at that whole, the demon, you know, being like, humanity doesn't even matter to us, you're all corruptible, you're all horrible on the inside. It kind of doesn't, yeah, delve into that, I just want to shock you, it really is kind of a message in some regards. I mean, is it scarier? Not necessarily, but is it a better film than those newer, more contemporary ones? Probably, yes. (laughs) I would say so. (laughs) I mean, just looking at the poster,
2: the poster for this is a shot from the film, and that's better than every other Exorcism movie that's out. Like, (laughs) just that shot on the poster is better than all the other ones. So that speaks to the quality of the film.
0: Did you guys know that... um... So, you brought up the poster. The guy who's standing there is um, Father Marin, who's played by uh, Max von Sydow. I don't know how you say his last name. This guy looks like he's 70 or 80 in the movie, but he was actually 40. That's all makeup on him. Which is crazy. They did such a good job. It's insane because, I mean, he looks pretty much like he does um, in his IMDb pictures, his recent ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's what he looks like. I I was watching I was like he's been in a bunch of stuff but he looks like he's 70 or 80. There's no way. And then yeah, I looked into it more and he was 40 when they uh filmed that.
1: He does a good job too, yeah, like acting older and stuff. Like he yeah, it's very hard to tell that that's actually makeup or anything on him. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cuz the the film starts out with him in the Middle East and his first encounter with uh,
3: bazuzu do you think the makeup and the effects are really the big thing to see in this film i mean it's 1973 like this top stuff for like decades to come even after it is nuts
1: 73 the makeup on the little girl is just so gnarly yeah it's just ugh it's all like the cuts and stuff on her man it's they do a good job of making it, yeah, just so
2: gross. And ugh. Or the the help me burn.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was cool, too. Yeah, everything is, like, just
2: top-notch quality in this film, which is nice. Especially for a horror film, which, like, and I know when we did Hereditary, that was one of my big points, was just, like, this is just a good movie in general it, in the genre of horror, right? And those tend to be the best ones because you've got a nice solid foundation (laughs) that rises above all the competition. Then you add horror into the mix and it just, it it
0: creates something special. Yeah, you you really hit it on the head there, Dan, because horror films have really become something that uh, you can make really cheap and audiences will watch it no matter what. So, I mean, you look at Paranormal Activity... That movie was made super cheap. I don't have the numbers, but it you can look it up. It was super cheap, and that movie made a ton of money, and it spawned, what, five, six sequels? Or Blair Witch Project. Ugh. Blair Witch, but the original Blair Witch was more, like, innovative. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I mean, whether you like it or not. You just say that because you don't like it.
1: It definitely was innovative, yeah. It
0: was very innovative, especially for the horror genre too because that's that set up a ton of um like movies after that, whether you like them or
2: not. It might be innovative, but it doesn't mean it was a good innovation.
0: Yeah, but it was innovative. <laughs> I'll take it.
2: <laughs> just the just the found footage aspect. Nothing else in that movie is
1: innovative. No, the marketing was very innovative. People thought that was real. The marketing was
2: spot on. That's part of the found footage aspect.
0: Well, when it was first released, nobody knew what found footage was. Exactly. You can look back on it now and be like, oh, okay, that was just found footage, whatever. Um, But when that came out, I mean, I wasn't old enough to know what that was. I never watched it until 10 plus years after it was released. It it's an interesting
2: parallel, right? Because that's a movie that completely relies on the marketing and not knowing. Okay, is this real or fake? For then to make that movie work, going into it years later and knowing it's fake completely destroys that film. And that's a great parallel to something like The Exorcist, where like you can go in and know all the backstory behind the production, and it still is going to like surpass your expectations, right? Because you're like, man, that was good. That was just a solid piece of movie making.
3: I resent these criticisms. <laughs> but that that
0: brings me to my point is that horror as a genre has changed so much. Not for the better for the most part. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely say that because a lot of people just cash grab horror. And that's where all these crappy horror movies come from. And they're all over the place. You can go on Netflix and there's so many just complete garbage movies in the horror category that it's it's just ridiculous. But it is a genre that you can experiment with. There's a lot you can do with horror and it's just kind of all over the place and it gives you a lot to choose from. I love horror as a genre. I like horror movies. Um, I've watched a ton of bad horror movies too. As long as nobody like Fox makes me watch, what was
1: that stupid
0: like Halloween movie? The
3: house is October built.
1: <laughs> Man, how did I know that's what you were going to bring up as soon as you said Fox made me? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I don't know. I I do like this movie quite a bit. Um, But yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. Well, I don't know. I can't remember who said it. I think Mike said it. But yeah, I don't think it quite lives up to the reputation. Like is, in terms of scariness at the very least, I do think it's good. But still, I still—I don't know if I loved it, I guess. That's kind of my deal with it. I feel like, for me, my biggest issues with it... We have two different, like, protagonists, I would say. Like, the the mom and the, the priest. But I was really just more interested in, like, the priest stuff rather than the mom stuff. I cared about Regan because she was going through all the, the changes and everything. But really, I just wanted to know more about the priest. And I don't feel like they ever... Inter- they don't really intersect until a little over halfway through the movie I don't think which is kind of weird I feel like they should have met earlier or have had some sort of connection before that
2: well this movie like which is weird that not I don't know if the sequels to exorcist do it cuz I haven't watched I haven't watched them but this movie does something that a lot of those other exorcism films haven't done where it actually has a lot to say about science versus religion and how it relates to exorcisms in general which is really interesting and when they're doing that they make the family go through literally all scientific avenues that they can before they bring in the possibility that she's possessed to me that's a really interesting thing that they do in this because it's not really done in any of these other horror films that have demon possession. It's just like, the demon jumps at him, it's like, booga-wooga-wooga, wooga, and everyone's like, oh, she's got a demon in her! None of them like, actually make a point of going through and being like, okay, is it schizophrenia? Is it something with her brain? Is she messed up in the head? Or is it really a demon, right? So, it to me, I found that really... I Well... I found it, I always find that interesting. It's a it's a unique take on it that it really hasn't been replicated very much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like that aspect of it quite a bit. I Honestly, I think that part, some of that stuff's more scary than the actual demon stuff. When, like, she's getting tested in the machine, <laughs> and there's, like, needles stabbing in her neck. Oh, God, I was, like, freaking out when the blood was spurting out of her neck all that stuff's really cool. I love it in horror movies. That's one of my favorite things when they like do try to like study this and like figure out what's going on. Like I really like it when they do that, like Prince of Darkness, that's pretty much Skeptical. what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool.
2: I think though what sets Exorcist apart from all of those, though, is that it's dealing with a real world issue, a real world thing, right? Even if you don't believe in demons or anything, it's still something that occurred. And something that, it's happened in the past, and like like they said as in the movie, as we learn more about science, um, the Catholic Church stopped doing as many exorcisms and stuff, because they're like, oh, we've been putting some of these people through this hell, basically, when they may not have needed to, and just needed some other form of help.
1: I mean, that's what happens to the the father's mom, kind of, I mean... She has mental problems, and they throw her into the, yeah, like, wherever this place is, this mental ward, and it's, yeah, like, (laughs) it's pretty depressing, the place she ends up.
3: I think Father Karras is what really sets this apart from contemporary exorcism films, because the mom comes to him and is like, I want to do an exorcism. And he's like, "Mm, okay, but what if we do the science first, whereas, like, you have films today like The Possession, where like people are like, oh, you guys should go talk to a priest and they go talk to a priest and the priest is like, we should do an exorcism. And the family's <laughs> like, mm, I think we're going to try science first.
1: That's a good point. That's true, actually. That Yeah, the, the family actually, or the priest is the one who's like, no, 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 we shouldn't do this. Like, that's so outdated, that kind of thing. You do not see that anymore. Yeah. In a lot of these horror movies, there's always, yeah, some external force who's all in on it, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're ghost hunters, we're demon hunters, you know, yeah. like they're that is that that is kind of cool that they did that, and it,
2: it, it's such a unique way to do the character of Father Karras. You'd expect him to be already the Gones, like, oh, yeah, let, let's definitely do this, but then you have his backstory. With his mom, who got put into the mental institution. And then him being a, I don't know, psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever. Whichever one it is, I don't remember. And working for the school and all that. It's just, it, it's so unique. You don't see it anymore. And it's like all the ideas in this film are built up so well for the characters. It's just, <laughs> it's
3: great. Yeah. Maybe this is kind of a hot take. I don't know. But I think it was a pretty, uh, pretty bold choice to, um, you know, make this into a film and then to have Karis portrayed like he is with his doubts about his faith and whatnot. Like, I can remember being taking film classes in college and our teacher was always talking about, if you want to make money fast, it's religious movies. Like, as far as budget versus overall box office, it's the most efficient way to go every time look at look at that movie what is it it's
0: god's not dead yeah god is not dead that movie was huge and it was like brought back into theaters like five times so people could still go see it
3: you know for yeah for this to be in at least partial conflict with that kind of uh genre of film i think was a really yeah bold move which has obviously got banned in a lot of places in like ireland and italy
2: no, Iraq banned it too and they filmed it, there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> They did, yeah. <laughs> oh man.
3: Ouch.
0: The start of the movies filmed there.
3: Oh yeah. That's a real uh, excavation site, isn't it? Is Nineveh. Which if
2: if you know your um Bible and Bible stories, that adds even more to
0: the movie. <laughs> I swear. where Zuzu was.
1: I mean, I just wish I feel like the roles like I don't know. I felt like Father whatever Damien I know him as Damien because that's like the quote-unquote evil name yet that's his name you know (laughs) yeah I keep thinking I was like is this what happened to the Oma kid when he grew up like (laughs) now
2: that would be interesting
1: because he has the black hair and everything I was like wow maybe TV this is your calling write that sequel (laughs) do it Finally, the crossover we've all been waiting for the
2: Exorcist versus the <laughs> oven <laughs> It could work,
1: but I don't know. I really liked his character, and it just I just felt too separated until like a point it felt like a kind- it kind of felt like a book, which it's based off a book, obviously, um but you know where like you read a chapter and it's about one person and you read a chapter it's about another person, and then about halfway through they finally meet up and they're together, and that's what it kind of feels like but. It didn't quite work for me. I don't hate it by any means, but I just felt like, I felt like we could have reversed it had it been about the father and like, I'm already going to be sympathetic for a little girl who's like turning into a demon. Like, that's pretty easy to make me sympathetic to. I don't know if we needed as much build up on their end as we did on the father's end. I would have rather learned more about the father.
2: You learn quite a bit about him though. And I mean, they do a good job fleshing both parties out, I think. Yeah, they're very separate and... I'll agree that some of the pacing isn't great in that first part of the film when they're still separated, but you still learn quite a bit about both parties, which is nice. It does feel a lot like a book, that's for sure.
1: Like I feel like they could have been like family friends or something, or like they had met each other earlier. I don't know. There's some way they could have made it so it didn't feel like totally random when she finally goes out and she saw finds him. him.
2: She saw him when she was filming her movie. <laughs>
1: Which is so weird. She's like, when she walks by the place, she's like, what's that priest doing outside? And it's like, what are you talking about? He's fighting
3: (laughs) with somebody. They were arguing. It was awkward. Was he?
1: Oh, well, don't be so nosy, lady. Geez,
3: Who's that priest who's always fighting with people? Is he a boxer? You look like a boxer from that one movie. (laughs) Okay. I love the police detective in this movie. I don't know what his purpose is besides to find a friend.
1: (laughs) I do like that. Like they have this this big argument with the priest. Then at the end, he's like, wait, father, do you like movies? You want to go to a movie with me? let's go watch a movie <laughs> he
3: doesn't do anything the entire movie besides find people who will go to movies
2: no he figures out what's going on that that's what makes him interesting too is he fi- he figures it out like he puts two and two together that um that one guy who gets killed the director the movie director yeah who gets killed he puts two and two together he's like i bet he fell out or was pushed out the little girl's window and fell down the stairs. And then when he's at the bottom rummaging around, he finds that like clay animal. And then when he goes in and talks to um the mom, he sees all the clay animals that match the one he found and he keeps it to himself. But he's still looking around and he figures out, he's like, there's something going on here that I can't deal with. But he just stays out of the way and lets the
0: priest take care of it. All right. um, I want to ask you guys about um, the scene everybody remembers in this movie. The actual exorcism scene or sequence, whatever you want to call it. What did you guys think of that? I mean, it's still
2: super intense and one of the best exorcism scenes in film.
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, just the atmosphere of that room, like we have with the it's all cold and frigid in there. You can see their breath. Is that like the lighting is really creepy and it's feels really like blue and cold. That's just like yeah, really well done and super intense and ugh, I don't know. Yeah, and the things that the little girl does spin her head around and talking, oh jeez. ugh, pretty scary stuff, I think.
0: I love it. That's my favorite part of this movie is the actual um exorcism scenes it takes a while. Cause this is a long movie, but when they get to it, it's like, all you can do is kind of sit there and watch. And you're like, Oh my God.
2: If, if anything lives up to the hype in this movie, it's what needed to the actual exorcism. It's, it's great. And because of all the legwork they put into building up the characters through the, the most of the film, you know where everybody stands when they get into the actual exorcism and you care about them because you're like okay we know father karras has been having religious like issues where he's not sure if he believes anymore so how is that gonna play out with this demon who's who already knows all his issues and then you've got um father marin who the demons already talked about So you've had him built up, and then he's built up by the the church because they're like, we need to go get us an exorcist. So you got this cool guy coming in here who's ready to do battle with the demon, and then you've got the actual demon who's been terrorizing people throughout the whole film. And it's just, it's it's so well done. It all builds to the exorcism perfectly. And then when you get there, you're on the edge of your seat because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. And it pays off big time.
3: I really appreciate that it's like more of a battle of like mental fortitude and actual faith than like a contemporary one where... We all know that if it was like a current one, the lights would go out and the girl be crawling around on the ceiling and snapping necks and scratching people and running around like a maniac. But this one, like, it is like a genuine kind of ritual. I mean, there's like, you know, specific things that have to be said and they're not preposterous. Oh, we need the rosary of Saint So-and-So and here's my old Latin written Bible from 1200 and, you know, it's... It feels way more grounded.
0: It's interesting you say that because Freak can actually read the diaries of the priest who did the exorcism. And he actually was able to talk to the mom of the um, supposed exorcism case, whether you believe all that stuff. Because a lot of um, people who look back on the actual case now say that it was probably a kid with uh, mental issues. But there was an exorcism that was done and so it's i guess they jazzed it up for film but it is actually built upon actual exorcism stuff it feels grounded because it is more grounded than everything else that like tries to do it well it's because it's a
2: character study at heart whereas all the ones today they don't have anything solid to go on so they have to resort to action and gore to get keep you watching whereas this one you care about the characters and you know where everybody stands going in so it's just so much more impactful that way
1: yeah we'll say when you mentioned uh what was his name father mirin is that the old guy mirin yeah i liked him but i don't know if they really did They, they they set him up a little bit but i could have used a little bit more of him too i think 'Cause I'm not really sure what's going on at the beginning. I mean, I know it's supposed to be kind of creepy and ambiguous, but I don't know. It felt like almost a little bit of an afterthought that it's like, oh yeah, we need to set this guy up too, to like make him fit in with the rest of these already established characters, which they don't do a bad job of it, but it just doesn't feel like he gets as much time to I don't know, be explored. Yeah. I
2: I'd agree with that they set him up to be the badass basically who comes in to save the day it's like you you know that trope from countless other movies i'm sure that's how they treat him in this one they give him just enough to make it work and make it impactful but yeah i i'd agree with you there terry i'd agree with you i could have used a little bit more
1: because it's interesting because like he does have some quirks i'm like that's weird like he's eating these pills constantly like He's got the shakes, like something like shook this guy or he's got some sort of, you know, illness or something. But I wish I knew what was going on, like maybe a little more hints at it.
3: He has a heart problem. Does he? Yeah, he dies of a heart attack at the end there.
1: Did they say that in the movie?
3: No. Well, but I don't know, like in old movies, there's this thing with old dudes taking pills because I guess whenever you're an old dude, you like take pills to like avoid your heart like stopping or something like that. So it's like kind of like assumed, I guess. I don't know. You don't see it a lot anymore, but it shows up a lot in like older
1: media. Uh, I've never seen that. Maybe it's a time thing. I never I didn't pick up on that. But
3: I don't know if it's as common in this day and age for old guys to like take a pill whenever they feel like they're about to pass (laughs) out.
1: I thought he was like taking drugs, basically, is what it looked like to me, which I was like, whoa, that's kind of not what you'd expect. But that's kind of a unique thing, like a flaw, I guess. But yeah, that's never really touched on. That would have been nice.
3: Well, to some extent, it is a flaw, right? Because he's being prideful, and he won't be like, hey, guys, I have a heart problem. I probably can't do this. And his pride is his downfall, because he's like, I'm going to go take on this demon alone.
2: Well, he's also the only one who's done an exorcism. So there's there's that. Like, You get a lot about him in passing, really, which which sets him up well enough to make him... Make it very impactful when he actually does show up, which which is nice. But I'm sure in the book he's set up like even better, like has a whole backstory fleshed out as good as the other characters in the actual movie. It it works well enough for the movie, I think. But yeah, I I I could have gone with it being a little longer just to get more with him in there.
1: Just get some, like, conversations with him, even, like, with the, the head of the church who, like, recruited him or something. You know, because I think they do mention in passing that. Yeah, he's like, is he too old to do this? You know, like, he's not as strong as he used to be or something. You know, like, I would have liked to have, like, at least like, maybe, like, an argument being like, no, I can do this. Or, you know, I, I've done it before. I can do it again. You know, something like that would have been nice just to flesh him out just a little bit. Just a bit more. Because that, that intro is so cool. I do love the intro in Iraq. It's just so ominous and weird, and it's just like, what is going on? So Indiana
3: Jones. Yeah.
1: Hmm. And he's like, yeah, just (laughs) the clock is stopping. He's like visibly shaking. He's like, I got to get out of here. Like I got things to do. Yeah, that's why I need to leave.
0: (laughs) So you bring up the intro. I've got a question. I'm sure I just missed it, but how does Pazuzu get into um, Reagan when he was um, in the Middle East at the beginning of this movie, how does he get there? Did they say that, or is it
2: just... Are
3: you sure you want this answer?
0: (laughs) Yes, I want to
2: know, because my my criticism of this was they don't do a good job showcasing how the Iraq stuff connects to Reagan, right? It's just they have that necklace at the end of the film, or it's probably in, in the rest of it, too, but... Like, the necklace? Are you talking about
1: the little statue?
2: Oh no, no! The director has the statue. That's right, right? Doesn't the director have that little statue that that
3: Father Marin found in Iraq? I don't know. That's what I've always thought that statue was. But the the thing is, is that the girl, right? Reagan is she's playing
1: Ouija. Oh, that's right. She had the board at the beginning. That's right. That's how.
3: Yep. Sigh. okay well that set
0: up a trope that didn't need to be set up in movies. <laughs> yeah thanks hasbro <laughs> i wondered because th- at this time when i was watching i was like you know i don't know how that demon got from the middle east into this girl besides to spite uh, father marion but that even does that's not even set up well because he's not like a main character he doesn't know there's no connection
1: I was looking for that statue the whole time I was watching it because, like, yeah, because I was wondering the same thing. Like, okay, so let's figure out like the connecting tissue here. And I, I don't remember ever seeing it, but maybe the director did have it at one point. I just don't remember.
2: I think he did. I'd have to watch it again to know for sure. But I, I'm guessing from what Fox said that that whole Iraq stuff is just like representative to be like, all right, this is who you're dealing with, basically. It's
1: like an ancient evil. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This is who you're dealing with, and this is who gets summoned into Reagan when she's playing
3: um, with the Ouija board.
1: It is a good tone setter, I think. I think it sets the tone really well.
3: My question has always been, did Marin unleash Pazuzu by like digging up the the statue and the little bitty sculpture?
1: I assume so. Like why else would it matter?
3: Like Is that why he's freaking out because he's like, I've unleashed this horror on the world." what are the odds you know that like is that why she gets it because he like is at the church near her house and that way the demon's like i'm gonna torment you by like inhabiting someone near you i'd just say it's a coincidence that's how i would i would
2: say um since they don't in the movie context they don't make like a clear connection between the artifacts he finds and the little girl Unless it's with that statue head he found that the director has, if that is (laughs) what he had, or I thought I saw him have. I think anybody, if they found demon or demonic artifacts, would probably be a little uh, shaky or hesitant if they unearthed those. (laughs) I'd be be getting the heck out of there if that happened. (laughs) I'd be like,
3: nope, see ya. (laughs) I just wonder if, like, marin knows because he you know in the director's cut they have that extra speech about the demon just wants us to despair like does he know and is he so ashamed that this might very possibly be his fault for i mean i guess you know being a historian like that shouldn't be like a downside how dare
1: he do yeah. history <laughs> we love history
3: but you know does he know that it might be his fault
1: it would have been something cool to explore. That would have been another cool character thing for him to have. I don't know. I just assumed it was, like, related, but kind of tangentially, I guess, you know? Like, he discovered a dark secret, and it, it just somehow, that domino tilted and everything flipped. Like, somehow it's related, but maybe just not, like, in any way that our human minds could understand.
3: Like, is that why he says it doesn't matter why the demon picked (laughs) the girl? Because he's like, Uh, Don't worry about
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just gotta get it out of there.
3: And is he being like a samurai and going in alone and being like, this is like, I gotta face this on my own because it's my fault. But maybe I'm reading too deep. I don't know. I would really wish they would have answered these questions. But these are my most minor critiques and picks, mind you. I mean, this is
1: like really digging. For the plot like yeah it's not really it is kind. Of, it is about that but it isn't you know it's be. there's a lot of focuses that don't rely on the origin of this demon.
0: Yeah it's it's more of an afterthought you're like wait how did we get from here to
1: here and how did the demon get there but you don't necessarily need it. It'd be nice to know I guess but yeah it's not important. It makes us ask questions. It makes us think which is nice.
0: I said this out to the group text earlier how do you guys feel about a remake of this movie because supposedly as of like three weeks ago, probably actually, oh no, actually two weeks ago, they are making a remake of The Exorcist.
2: You know, they were going to do that in like 2015 and it got canned and I was hoping it would stay that way. You can't do it nowadays and make it good because look at all the crap Exorcism and Possession movies we have now. It's just going to be another one of those.
1: But what if they got Ari Aster to do it?
2: Ari Aster would be a great choice i think to remake the exorcist and if he was doing it then i would be still be apprehensive but i would be not as against it but right now i don't know who's doing it i don't really care (laughs) It's going to be crap, and they shouldn't even touch it with a 10-foot pole. It doesn't need to be touched with a 10-foot pole. Just make some crappy exorcism movie like you have been doing Hollywood and leave the good thing alone. You already spoiled it with the second exorcist movie, though I hear the third one's good, but, you know, just leave
0: it be. I mean, that's the nature of Hollywood, though. I mean, look. They've been taking all these old classic movies, and then they try to reboot them, and then nobody from, like, the newer generations goes and watches it, so it's only older people who knew what it was before who go watch it, so it's just a dumb idea in general, but it is a horror movie, so who knows?
1: If they get somebody good to do it, you know, it all depends on, like, the team, I guess, that they get, because, yeah, right now, I'm, like, why, hesitant about it, like, ugh, it just seems like a cash grab, but if they do get someone like cool and pre- you know like prevalent in the genre to to direct it, then I'll give it a chance. But yeah, it just seems weird.
2: It's one of those things, right? This was this movie was so influential when it came out; it set the bar for so many horror movies afterwards. You can't possibly make something that's going to have that same effect this movie did. Sure, you can make it. A movie with a really good story and and i'll just say right now if this remake is not at least two and a half hours long then it's going to be junk like you can expand on the story and characters and make it more interwoven and make the plot more interwoven with the iraq stuff even and i could see that working but the hard thing they're going to have is the is making the horror elements work because what are they going to do that's going to be as effective as what was done in this movie in 1973
1: yeah i'd be scared that they're just gonna go into like the stereotypical horror tropes with it rather than trying to keep it grounded and maybe a little more like classic feel you know rather than just jump scare jump scare jump scare kind of thing
0: we've got some time to see what happens with it for sure because they just announced this at the time we're recording like two weeks ago so which is good timing i guess <laughs> yeah i mean i don't want that to be how we end this but if we ready for some overall presentation let's end it on the good notes because i i think that's coming
1: yeah i'm ready so we got a scale that we use to rate these movies around here uh that goes from burn it pass watch it or buy it in that order we all give a little spiel about what we think of the movie then we try to average it out at the end but you know Sometimes dark forces don't quite align as we'd expect and it lands somewhere in the, the in-between, beyond human c- comprehension.
2: I vote that for Horror Month, we replace Burn It! with found footage films. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I resent these changes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Better
0: watch out. Fox is gonna pick one now for you to watch yeah you're
1: begging him on this is his time
3: i know i've (laughs) gotta go revise my
1: list now
2: (laughs) did we discuss my nickname i got in the college radio
1: show on here yet we did wait i think it was in our solaris episode i might be wrong oh
0: my inaugural episode
2: (laughs) I'll,
1: I'll,
0: i'll explain it real quick um basically we watched as above so below and we were talking about it and we were enjoying it you know this was on our college radio, so we were just going out on the, the airwaves online. And then all of a sudden, Dan jumps in and he goes for 20 minutes just roasting this. Like, we couldn't even <laughs> get a word in. I would try,
1: too. I'd, like, kind of try to jump in there. Dan just rolling by. He's like, no, I'm not done. Yeah. This thing, he's <laughs> he's, he's gone. And
0: then, then after, he was like, you know, this was a pretty good movie, though I didn't hate it. Well, I would—I
2: didn't say it was pretty good. I said I didn't hate the movie. It has had a lot of issues. And so
0: after that, we've always called Dan the Rant Man in passing. Yeah, and it was because of that movie, and it was found footage—the best of them too. I hate found footage films, but well, we won't get into that here. That's just—it will probably happen later in this series
1: it might come up yeah who knows someday (laughs) i have a feeling it's coming back up before we start our you know presentations i have a little yarn i want to spin about something that happened to me this week so i was digging in my backyard just you know as you do looking for stuff and uh (laughs) i found this mysterious statue It had this little, like, dog-looking head or something. I don't know what it was, but it really creeped me out. So things stopped working in my apartment. You know, my clocks weren't working. My power would kind of turn off and on. It got really cold in there, which is kind of nice, actually, because it's really warm outside. (laughs) But um, anyways, then I noticed that uh, my upstairs neighbor was, like, screaming and, like, speaking in tongues and stuff. I could hear it through my, uh, from downstairs. So I go up there to check on her. She opens the door, and she's like, I know who you are. And I was like, huh? It's like, you're on Run The Real. (laughs) And I was like, what? How do you know that? (laughs) A fan. Hey, a fan. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) she's like, I'm an oil listener. (laughs) But I think for this next episode, it's important that you do this. Mike goes first. And then she slammed the door in my face. And, uh, you know, I think it'd be a bad decision if i didn't listen to my upstairs neighbor so i feel like Mikey probably should go first this time
2: hadn't she done this before
0: <laughs> i just want to say thank you for listening
2: <laughs> <Our> <laughs> neighbor, you know,
0: no matter what you got going on up there thank you for listening <laughs> a loyal fan yeah <laughs> this is for you you may have some some bigger issues there, TV, but uh, <laughs> as long as my apartment stays cool, I'm I'm cool. You know, th- this movie's extremely influential, and it basically kind of, like, kicked off a genre that I love. There's a lot of stuff in this genre that's just complete junk, but the stuff that rises above that and kind of matches um, this original bar that The Exorcist set or exceeds it, where it gets close... Is really awesome and I love it. And they're some of my favorite movies ever. I'm gonna say buy it just for that. Like, this is if you are a film connoisseur, you like watching movies and seeing like where things came from, you're gonna love watching this. You'll be like, okay, yeah, I see how every single horror movie that came after this was based off of this. And like, the music is awesome, it sounds like something out of Insidious nowadays. The the lighting's awesome. The whole exorcism scene is awesome. The characters are, you know, pretty good for a horror movie, but this was setting the bar for them. I like it. It's a good movie. I'm surprised I don't own it, but to be honest, I don't own a ton of movies. Just because we watched so many of them, if I, like, <laughs> bought every movie that I ever wanted, I would have no money.
3: So, <laughs> so there you go. But, yeah, this, this is a, a buy it from me. Yeah, I mean, I gotta agree with pretty much everything Mad Mike said. I mean, not only is this movie, you know, hugely influential, it is a high-caliber film of the 70s. I mean, it looks good, the effects, practical effects, naturally being so old, are just top-notch. I mean, they would even stand up, I would say, for at least through the 90s until CGI started becoming more mainstream. But even then, they're pretty solid. You should, uh... You should definitely buy this one if you're a film aficionado or a horror lover. I mean, it is one of the horror classics. It's one that I own for once, surprisingly. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you should pop out there and snag yourself that director's cut, because it is totally worth it. Not only if you want to see where things came from and appreciate the historical value of this movie, but also because it is just a grade A film.
1: I think, you know, this is a this is a pretty big deal in the movie uh filmmaking world, I suppose. And especially, you know, in the horror genre. Um and it's really cool to see where all that stuff does come from. And at the time this was definitely groundbreaking. I don't know if it necessarily lives up to like the scariest movie ever, hype wise, um being the best horror movie ever. I don't know about that either. But I think it's a good horror movie. Um I think there might be, you know, a few things here and there I talked about in the review with, like, maybe some character stuff I would have preferred or explored some more stuff. But overall, this is, like, super solid, very watchable. The ending exorcism scene is amazing. There's some really creepy, like, imagery and ideas in this that, you know, projected the genre and, you know, yeah, inspired a lot of stuff, which is cool. Um, I think I might give a watch it, though. I respect, you know, where it came from, but I just, I don't know. I think the pacing... Was a little slow, and I think, yeah, I just would have preferred a shift of focus or something, or I don't know, maybe just a, a couple little things here or there that I think would have made it just a bit better.
2: The Exorcist is the cream of the crop when it comes to horror films, right? This this stands toe to toe with Hereditary for me for one of the best horror f- movies ever made, and it it comes down to just having such a solid story that's so good and characters that you care about and understand and it explores such interesting topics that people don't really explore much today is it the scariest movie ever no it's not not anymore at least when it came out probably yes but nowadays no there's stuff that's scarier than this But that does not subtract from the quality of the film at all because it's still going to freak you out in other ways because it's just that good of a movie. If you wanted to get into horror films and classic horror films, this is the place to start because, I mean, so much comes from this film. And in my mind, it all leads up to Hereditary, which I still think is the best horror film ever made. But, you know, The Exorcist is right up there with it. So this is a definite buy for me. It is superb in pretty much every
1: way. I will confess, um, on Amazon, to buy it, it was like four bucks. And then to rent it was two bucks so I just bought it anyways.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: But I still stand by my rating. Oh, yeah. The
0: director's Cut was like 13 bucks to buy. They really milk those
1: 10 extra dollars out of you. <laughs> they do. 10 extra minutes for a dollar a minute.
0: <laughs> dollar per minute.
1: It is something nice to have in the collection, you know, just in like historical content. I mean, it's a digital thing, so it's not like I can just look at it, but it's in the ether. <laughs> I also
2: do own this movie physically i have the steel book edition of
1: it Ooh, that's cool i might get a steel book of it that'd be cool but i don't know it just didn't hook me this time around as much as i thought it would i guess that's the biggest thing
0: so what do we have coming up next week in our uh horror category somebody got something
1: for next week i'm picking our horrendous horror film um that felt like a little uh repetitive but um it's uh i'm gonna pick ironically, a found footage movie that we talked about a little bit, you know, how much we all love found footage here. (sighs) I promised I had planned to pick this before we discussed the movie. This is not to get back at Dan for any particular reason. (laughs) I'm going to pick One Cut of the Dead. Um, It's a zombie found footage film that I've been meaning to see for a long time. And what better time than the October season of Halloween? This is a foreign film movie, too. It is, yeah, yeah. I've heard good things about it. I have as well, but we shall see. (laughs) We shall. It was between that and other things, and I think you'll all be very pleased that I decided to go with this. Well, we'll see, I guess, but... What were your other things? One of them was the sequel to The Strangers, Strangers Pray at Night, which I actually have seen and I I liked it, but I have been having a hankering to watch it again. Maybe I'll just do that on my own. But, um... There's something else that was kind of weird that I wanted to watch. Oh, I was going to pick the Day of the Dead remake, um, and I feel like that's oh. bad. But I, so maybe I should just waste my own time doing that. <laughs> I decided to take a full gamble and just go with, uh, yeah, one cut of the dead and see what we get.
2: I'm, I'm just glad you didn't pick Train to Busan, cause that movie is not great. I love Train to Busan. Oh, my you know, God. That movie is very overrated. How dare you? It gets real stupid at the end. It gets real stupid. Hey, we we won't
0: go into that here. (laughs) I guess today's uh, kind of like an anniversary, too, for us. Yeah, While we're
1: recording this, isn't it, TV? What is it? When this comes out, it'll be our two-year podcasting anniversary. Wow. We missed the first year, but hey, I remembered this year to look.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was by so fast. It does thanks for listening to us. Talk about movies with each other.
1: <laughs> it's a good excuse to talk about movies with my pals, my good friends, and it's a good tradition. It's fun, you know it's good to do. I almost see it as like a a book club, but with movies where we like watch a movie and then we come Ooh. back and we talk about it. You know yeah. that's kind of what it feels like to me. That's a good point
0: I like it it is fun. Well, thanks for listening to us. We we do really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us for uh, two years, and uh, I, I we're gonna talk about it for a while to come too. So we ain't going anywhere. Nope, literally at the
1: moment. Literally, <laughs> true. <laughs> if any of you out there want to get in contact with us, you know, uh, tell us what you think about the movies we watch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook at Run the Reel. Or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at runtherealpodcastgmail.com. We want to hear what you guys think. Is The Exorcist the best horror movie ever? Is it overrated? I want to hear all of the takes. I don't. If
2: you don't, if you think it's overrated, just keep that crap to yourself.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I want to hear it. We welcome all opinions into <laughs> yeah. DMs.
3: Kind of like how we welcome all opinions of train to busan (laughs) i jest, i just
1: of course dan's dan's not the one who answers the (laughs) the messages so you'll be safe don't (laughs) worry (laughs) (laughs) we'll be sure to get in contact with us
0: we'd really appreciate it and we do really appreciate you listening to us and sticking with us for these two years it's it's been awesome a lot of fun so I guess this is Run The Real signing off.